Good afternoon. I'm Brent Holland. Welcome to the show this afternoon. Get ready to be inspired, folks, by one Theo Fleury. Yep, that Theo Fleury. You know the Theo Fleury that made his way out of a small town all the way to the top of the NHL, captain of the Calgary Flames, for certain a future Hall of Famer. One gold medal with Team Canada at the 2002 Olympics. An incredible, incredible leader on and off the ice, as you will see. But there's a darker side to Theo Fleury's story. A side of sexual abuse, a side of substance abuse, and a side of self-abuse. But there's redemption at the end of this story. Theo Fleury. Well, I don't really remember, you know, going to the pawn shop, but I do remember, you know, that moment of truth when I had the gun loaded in the in the barrel in my mouth. You know, that was the moment of truth. And seconds before I was getting ready to pull the trigger, something clicked in my head that said, uh, you know, you've never quit anything in your life. You know, why are you doing this now? This afternoon, it's Theo Fleury playing with fire right now on Brent Holland. Folks, if you're just joining us, we are speaking with Theo Fleury. That name is familiar to every Canadian. Team Canada, Calgary Flames, future Hall of Famer, without question. But there's more to Theo Fleury. There's a lot more that perhaps people are not aware of. And I'm going to ask Theo to tell his story right now. Is that okay with you, my friend? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. The book, of course, folks, just to let you know, is uh, Playing With Fire, our guest today, Theo Fleury. You can get it at www.brenthollandshow.com. Just click on the book cover, as always. That'll take you to Chapters Indigo online. You can order it online from the comfort of your own home. Or just go down to any Chapters Indigo. It is readily available, as always, on the bookshelves. Theo Fleury and his story in his own words right now. You know, I've had a very, I guess you could call it colorful existence, I guess and uh been through tremendous amount of adversity in my life um you know from my childhood uh you know right up until probably four and a half years ago you know i think the biggest thing is that took away the victim moniker which i carried around for a very very long time and uh you know i had lots of excuses um lots of things that would back up me being a victim and me living a life of destruction and poor decision and all those things. But, you know, in the end, you know, that just wasn't working for me. You know, I became, you know, very isolated, lost touch with my family, my children, and uh, basically was trying to kill myself. And 
what has come out of all this is that, you know, the day I chose to live is the day that, you know, my life really started to turn around in a positive way. And, you know, obviously it's been, it's been a difficult road, but, uh, you know, I think in the end, you know, no matter how far down the ladder you've gone, you can always make it back. And when you do make it back, geez, I'll tell you what a powerful position to be in and, and to be able to reach out and, and help people is, mm -hmm. uh, is an amazing thing truly is a gift to inspire folks. And we're speaking with Theo Fleury today. He lived basically every kid's dream. Small town in Manitoba, grew up, became a hockey legend without question, making big dollars, uh, captain of the Calgary Flames, Team Canada, every kid's dream to play in the NHL. But along the way, he ran into a coach. And this coach, Graham James, was more than a coach to Theo. And it was some sexual abuse that went on there. Can we talk a little bit about that? I know it's hard, but I was wondering if we could. You know it's, it's, not, it's not hard for me. I want everybody to know that I'm in recovery from abuse, and uh, I've worked uh, extremely hard behind the scenes to you know, reframe those two years of my life so that they don't have the effect that they once did. And to let the listeners know that you can get into the same position that I'm in today, you know, I am no longer a victim. I am uh, an advocate, and I am a strong voice. And basically, by me getting in this position that I'm in today, is I've taken away the power from Graham James, and I've taken away the power from a lot of abusers because I can talk about it openly and honestly and, and share my experience, strength, and hope with the world and let them know that uh, there is a way out of this. And if you're willing to put in the work and, and go through the process, I guarantee you when it's all said and done, your life will be something that you could not possibly even imagine. And that's been my experience. And there's a saying, the truth will set you free and that has been my experience is that, you know, I, I was able to write the book with, you know, the utmost honesty and openness and no holds barred. And, and I think the country has connected to that honesty and that openness and have found inspiration in my story. So, you know, getting back to your question, is this hard? No, it's not hard. I've gone through my process and, and I've come out of this process, the light being very bright and, uh, you know, like I said, looking forward to you know, the exciting things that are going to happen in the future. And that's important to, to let people know that that has been my experience through this whole thing. You're listening to The Brent Holland Show. For more information on today's guests, as well as free podcasts and downloads, please go to the www.brenthollandshow.com website. www.brenthollandshow.com I just want to mention to folks, folks, uh, our guest today, of course, Theo Fleury, his book, Playing With Fire, available chapters in to go right across the country. Theo, in order to bury the pain inside him from the abuse, turned to drugs and alcohol, became addicted. Uh, it is a disease without question. I want to talk about the recovery process step by step with you now. I think that's the essential part of the message that you're bringing forth. And I think that's so important. Uh, you talked about hope. But first, I want to talk about that day with the gun and the bullet. Well, I think I mentioned it earlier that that's basically where the victim part got me to. You know, I think I'd been up for, geez, I don't even know, seven, eight days, no sleep, hallucinating and all kinds of crazy things. And 
the thought popped in my head that, uh, you know what, I'm going to end it all today. And remember, well, I don't really remember, you know, going to the pawn shop, but I do remember, you know, that moment of truth when I had the gun loaded in the, in the barrel in my mouth. You know, that was the moment of truth. And seconds before I was getting ready to pull the trigger, something clicked in my head that said, uh, you know, you've never quit anything in your life. You know, why are you doing this now? And uh, that was the moment of clarity where I was able to throw the gun away. And, you know, that's when I really chose to, to start living my life on life's terms and uh, got it as, you know, probably the most positive thing that's happened in my life was, was that moment. It really set me on a different path and a path of recovery and a path of redemption and a path of happiness. You know, that's the way I've lived my whole life. I wish I had a dollar for every time somebody told me I was too small to play hockey mm -hmm. because, you know, I always took something very negative and, and, uh, and whatnot. I always turned it into a positive. Right on. And, you know, that's the way that I lived my life. And, and after being through everything that I've been in, through my life like there's nothing anymore that that i'm afraid of there's nothing that i that i know that i can't you know get done and get the job done you know what a wonderful experience it's been you know despite all of the all the setbacks and all the adversity you know i've i've been able to figure out a way to get through it all and, and like i said live a happy peaceful life when you mentioned before something clicked inside your head do you feel that was perhaps divine intervention a higher power yeah absolutely you know i grew up uh i grew up going to catholic church on Sundays and on Thursday nights, I was at a Bible study for Jehovah's Witnesses. So, you know, my perception and belief in God was completely out of whack. So when I got to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, one of the very first days I walked into those rooms, they told me that I got to pick my own God. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? And they said, yeah, you get to pick, you know, a God of your own understanding. And I was like, wow, what a concept. That was a breakthrough because I don't think, you know, this is my own opinion. This is my own experience. But if you don't get the God thing, when you're trying to get sober, you're not going to get sober. You have to be able to turn things over to somebody greater than yourself that you can't deal with. My experience has been without this higher power, you know, which I call God. Other people can call me, you know, whatever they want. But, you know, my higher power is God. You know, that now that I've been able to turn over so many things, it's been euphoric to be able to... And then realize that through all those tough times, there's obviously been a purpose for my life. Mm -hmm. And they say that God only puts in front of us what we can handle. Well, you know, I guess he felt that I could handle this and get through this and, and now come out on the other side as a, an advocate and, and uh, be in a position to inspire people that they can also get through pretty much anything and, and come out on the other end, like I said, being a productive, happy, healthy human being. Theo, when you mentioned that you came to know God in your own way, you're part Cree, did you look back towards your Aboriginal roots for spirituality? Yeah, absolutely. I used to have a lady uh, from Siksika Nation, which is the South Side mm -hmm. of Cali, which, is the, which is the Blackfoot people. Sure. And uh, she used to bring a bunch of uh, Aboriginal kids to my hockey school, and her and I became quite good friends. And then I got traded from Calgary, and we lost touch. And so... About six years ago, I moved back to Calgary, and I opened up a, a decorative concrete business in Calgary. And sure enough, one day, she just came walking through the doors of our of our place of business. And, uh, you know, we, we started 
we started our relationship back up again and she's been sober for 33 years of her life you know she started to get getting me to come out to Siksika and work with the youth and I call her grandma now she's my spiritual grandmother and we have a tremendous relationship and uh, I just became an honorary chief out at Siksika congratulations Thank you. You know, I do the sweat lodges, night mm-hmm, lodges, sure. lodging, all that kind of stuff, and uh, because it's who I am. Absolutely. I am, uh, I am uh, an Aboriginal person, and jeez, uh, you know, I was so proud to see the opening ceremonies this year that they they honored the uh, the four nations of uh, of BC, and uh, you know, to see the Métis and the Cree mm-hmm. uh, infinity symbol was just you know. It was amazing to see and uh, something that I was extremely proud of. You're listening to The Brent Holland Show. For more information on today's guests, as well as free podcasts and downloads, please go to the www.brenthollandshow.com website. www.brenthollandshow.com Let's talk some more about that recovery process, because there's folks right now that are wondering where they should go, what they should do first. There really isn't a textbook. But the biggest thing is that to be able to reach out for help and that help be there for you is a huge step. Because, you know, in my experience was, you know, I, all I had left was just a tiny bit of hope. And with that hope, I reached out to another individual and, and they were there to help me. Which tells me that the core of who we are and the core of life is is about being of service to other human beings. And the more service work I do, the better my life gets. The more people I help, the better my life gets. You know, it's just as simple as that. Sometimes we get caught up in our own stuff and not realize that, in my opinion, the true meaning of life. I work with a group out of California called one org. If you're a man, woman, family member that has experienced abuse, you know, it's a great website to go on. It's called one, the number one, I-N, the number six. Amazing, supportive website where you can go on anonymously on your computer. and There's some amazing information. They've been a tremendous help. Folks, just to let you know, I will put that link right up on the website. No problem whatsoever. Just click on it. We'll take you to oneinsix.org. Our guest today, Theo Fleury. Didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to let folks know that the help is there in the website. Alcoholics Anonymous has been a a huge thing for me. You know, working through the 12 steps has given me freedom beyond anything that I could have possibly imagined and the great people that are in that program that uh, do help. Was there anybody from hockey that you could turn to in those days of trial and and struggle? Was there anybody in hockey that was willing to give you a hand? Yeah, well, they have the uh, NHL and NHLPA behavioral and substance abuse program, which I have been part of for Mm -hmm. for many years. But the funny thing is, you know, it can't help anybody unless they want help. That's the bottom line. Mm. Uh, you know, towards the end of my my hockey career, you know, it was a situation where you know I wasn't ready for the help that they were providing me. You know, I was kind of going through the motions and uh, and just wasn't ready to be a sober person. And uh, you know, they say everybody has to hit some kind of rock bottom. Well, you know, I think my rock bottom was the gun and uh, you know being alone. There's psychologists, there's psychiatrists, there's you know, there's AA, there's <clears throat> one in six. You just have to go and find it. If you want it bad enough, you know, 
you'll go find it and then accept the help that many people out there are willing to mm-hmm. get through whatever you need to get through. And it's just a matter of you making that decision. And then absolutely 100% you have to find God. You have to find God. There's just no other way around it. Today, what is your definition of God? Somebody that I can, you know, turn my problems over to. You know, I have a, I, I say a prayer every morning. Uh, mm-hmm. It helps me tremendously. It's, it starts out, God, I offer myself to thee, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self so that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. That prayer has come true in my life. You're going to be surprised, but I bet there's a lot of folks right now listening that will probably adopt that prayer in some form or another. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? That's how I start every day. That's how I start every day. That's how I end every day. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. It's the humility... You know, I've had to get humble, and that helps me get humble. You're a role model. You see that? God chose you for a leadership role, not only on the ice, but off the ice as well. The work that I'm doing now is way more rewarding than the work that I did on the ice. I just love to play, and I love to compete. And I guess, you know, all those championships that I was involved with were because of, you know, how hard I worked and how much passion I brought to the game and I brought to the rink and, uh, you know, I'm using those same characteristics and qualities now in my life as we move forward here with the sexual abuse stuff. You know, we're on the cusp right now of starting a movement similar to where AIDS was several years ago. You know, we're going to start educating the masses because one in three girls, one in six boys by the time they're 16 years old have been sexually molested in some sort of way. And when you, when you throw that out there, that of epidemic proportions and it has to be stopped. If I'm the guy that that God wants to end this, then uh, then I'm a willing willing servant, and I will do everything in my power to lessen the burden of people who have been through this. Whatever happened to Graham James? I know he was convicted. He was put in jail. I I don't really know. You know, I've gone to the police. I filed my complaint, and uh, you know they're doing with it what they choose to do with it. You know, and I I'll just sit back and wait, see how this all plays out, but. I'm more focused on, you know, what I'm what I have to do on a day to day basis. You know, there's so many people out there that need help and need hope and need inspiration that uh you know, that's my focus will continue to be my focus for the rest of my life until every abuser has to face consequences for their actions. Let's end it on a positive note. We're gonna have to start to wrap up now. The victory the other night, Team Canada. Well, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing. I watched the Olympics from start to finish, and the hockey stuff was a great way to end it. But from Billadeau all the way through, mm-hmm. and all the other gold medalists in Canada, like, just amazing to watch the story unfold. It was just amazing. Yeah, you know, I've had the fortunate <clears throat> opportunity to play for my country many, many times. But, you know, I felt more pride in guys like Billadeau and John Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Joni Rosette, uh, you know, Claire Hughes. There's just so many more things that happen other than that gold medal in hockey and uh, women's hockey team winning again. You know, it's like, you know, so many amazing things that happen. And just the way this country embraced and, and we all stuck out our chests and we're proud to be Canadians and proud of who we are. We allowed the Aboriginal people to, for once, be a part of Canada. To me, it was probably 
the most amazing thing that happened at the Olympics, besides everything else that happened, is that we were finally acknowledged as Canadians. Any and political I, aspirations? No, no. Oh, come on. <laughs> Not at this point. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But well, gee, don't dismiss you know, I it. Shouldn't say, I shouldn't say Yeah, I shouldn't don't say dismiss that. it. You know, maybe, maybe down the road. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I know that... Uh, the Aboriginal people, you know, need more stronger voices like myself to get their opinions across and their points across. So, you know, maybe down the road uh, we can look at that as an avenue. But, uh, you know, I, I'm just so focused on the helping part right now mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, that that takes up most of my time and uh, most of my energy. So You're listening to The Brent Holland Show. For more information on today's guests as well as free podcasts and downloads, please go to the www.brenthollandshow.com website. www.brenthollandshow.com Folks, Theo Fleury and that ability to inspire. Now, I ask every guest this. You are virtually speaking to every university slash college-age student right across the country and international students as well. What would you say to them? Don't quit before the miracle. You may not know this, but Every person has greatness in them, and sometimes fear holds us back. But, you know, if you can get rid of the fear part of it, man, can you become a very powerful and, and useful human being. The harder I work, the more rewards I get. It's as simple as that. You know, if I've inspired you today, then, you know, now it's your turn to go out and inspire somebody else. Yes. You know, as simple as that. It's what yes. makes the world go around. And, and everybody has an inspiration in them. Just tell your story. Be honest and tell people your story. I want to thank you so much for having the courage to come forward. And thank you for all that you've done throughout your life and will do throughout your life. Anytime you want to come back, my friend, you are more than welcome, even for five minutes, if there's a message you need to get out there. It would be my honor, indeed. Well, I, I very much appreciate you uh, having me on. And uh, kudos to you. Keep up the good work and uh, keep fighting the good fight. And you know, keep the message out there that, uh, you know what, anything's possible. Anything is possible. Thank you, my friend, and God bless you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. All right, you take care. You too, my friend. Bye-bye now. All right, bye-bye. I want to thank Theo Fleury for having the courage to come on the show today and also telling us not to quit before the miracle. There's a lot of folks out there I know that have listened to this show that may be in the same boat as Theo was and are hurting. There is help out there. This abuse was not your fault in any sense. It does not belong to you. Don't own it. As a follow-up, his abuser, Graham James, who was his coach, his mentor, the person he looked up to, has just been pardoned and released. Now, it's all very well to take into account the system that allows this piece of work to go loose, but what about the victims? Don't they deserve some kind of justice as well? Just a thought. Perhaps our system isn't where it should be, and perhaps better safeguards should be in place. Coming up on Brent Holland, Tom Lipscomb joins us. Tom Lipscomb, of course, went down to Bolivia to retrieve Che Guevara's personal diaries just a little while after Che Guevara was murdered. And what a story he brings to us. True life story. Now, not only did he go down there to retrieve these personal diaries, but he brought back a story that should be made into a feature film. So, I arrive in La Paz, Bolivia, and Che Guevara was killed, executed in, like, October. Supposedly, 
the Bolivian government had captured the diaries of Che Guevara and a bunch of his various revolutionaries. I didn't have, which is suitcases full of money to bribe people. Saul gave me a credit card with a very low limit on it. Said, go down and see what you could do. Well, it's La Paz became the party town of the Western world because we had all these hotshots getting together in the, the way all, all media circuses are the same. You all get together in the same bars and swap mm-hmm. rumors of what minister so-and-so said to who and who's on the inside. And, and I was staying in this hotel and out my window was this huge volcano in the Andes called Ilamani. So that's kind of how it went uh, until I met with the president, Barrientos, who was a pretty smart guy. And I said to him, I said, I said, that was very interesting, what you did with Guevara. He said, what do you mean? I said, you shot him. He said, he said well, he, I gather the people up there executed him. I said, yeah, you had him shot so that he couldn't become a show trial and do you more damage as a living guy in your jail than he could do as a corpse. As a martyr. As a martyr. And I said, and I'll bet there's one person in the world who thanks you for it. And he said, who? And he's smoking a cigar. I said, I said, Fidel Castro. Yeah. Also coming up on the Brent Holland Show, Khaled Husseini author of The Kite Runner, takes us right into Afghanistan, and we talk about Sharia laws and his gratefulness for Canadians putting their lives on their line every day in Afghanistan. I just want to extend my gratitude um, uh, on behalf of, I know, of, of, of all my countrymen for the sacrifices of the Canadian troops in Afghanistan. They have been there now for a number of years, in some of the most challenging environment in the heart of the conflict. Um, and, um, and I just want to extend my, 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 my gratitude for the services of the troops and for sacrifices of them um, and, and their families that they have made for Afghanistan. Uh, we're very grateful for that. There are many things available to you at the www.brenthollandshow.com website, including the archives. There's a complete archive of all our shows since the beginning, several months ago. You can download all those shows for free, stick them on your iPod, enjoy them, they're free. Also coming up on the Brent Holland Show, an incredible four-part series with Ted Sorensen. Ted Sorensen, of course, JFK's closest aide, was with JFK for 11 years before JFK was president. He was the speechwriter, he was policy advisor. More importantly, he was right in the Oval Office. Now, how many of us can say that we were in the Oval Office giving the president policy advice? Not only policy advice, but this man was part of the team that saved the world from nuclear annihilation during the Cuban Missile Crisis, Ted Sorensen. The president called me in that morning. He told me that to his astonishment and anger, Khrushchev, on separate occasions, to lie to us about what was going on in Cuba. And Kennedy said that these U-2 airplanes taking pictures 50,000 feet above Cuba had then had those pictures developed, and it showed it was the beginnings of Soviet missile sites. Missiles that carried nuclear payloads and had a range 
capable of devastating almost any part of the United States and uh, most parts of the Western Hemisphere, which includes Canada. That was Ted Sorensen, Living History. You can't get any closer to the Oval Office than that unless you're voted into place. For Kerry Graham, who edited this show, for Kerry Jones, who helped make this show happen, I'm Brent Holland. Thanks for listening, and always remember... Don't quit before the miracle. See you next time.